And this team, this team that was 7-9 a year ago, this team that had their optimist hoping for a competitive season to challenge for the NFC East title, won 13 games along the way and overcame the losses of Jason Peters, Darren Sproles, Jordan Hicks, Caleb Sturgis, Chris Marigos, and finally, Carson Wentz. Wow. No for, the first, for the first time in 13 years, the Eagles are headed for the Super Bowl and a rematch with the New England Patriots in Super Bowl 52. Merrill Reese, pack your bags. We're going to Minneapolis. And all of you, the best fans in the NFL, deserve every bit of it. Hello, America, and hello, world, and welcome, everybody, to the Joel Mahalik Show on the QIB Radio Network. It's great that you're here. It's great that I'm here. Of course, it's great that I'm here. And uh, thank you to Merrill Reese making the call of the Eagles going to the Super Bowl. Get that in a moment. First, I want you to check out the website for the QIB Radio Network at QIB Radio Network, of all places, dot com. QIB Radio Network. Com. You can chat with me here at Spreaker.com. Just search for The Joel Mahalik Show. Chat is open. And you can also, finally, like me on Facebook at JM Talk, where you can also message me. So various ways that you can get a hold of me. If you really know me, then you can send me a text. The phone is here, too. And is on silent. But, uh, yeah, so welcome. Uh, a glorious day. For me and my fellow Philadelphia Eagles fan brethren and sisterin, is that a word, sisterin? I mean, if they or it, does brethren just cover it all? I'm not sure, but to be safe and to make sure I include everybody, because a lot of women love football, don't they? So we have endured uh, a great season, thirteen and three, two and zero oh in the postseason, and aren't on our way to Super Bowl 52. And as Merle Reese, who is the radio announcer, play-by-play for the Eagles, as you heard him say, uh, getting beyond all the injuries and the adversary and just everything. And what this team has done and what they've built upon and the depth that they put upon it has just been amazing. And I think for a lot of us, we thought, you know, okay, second year, Carson Wentz, rookie, will continue to build, will continue to rebuild. Saw some good things last year. Never imagined the show that we've been given this year. So it's it's very good to see that. Uh, it's good luck to the Eagles. A little sad, uh, some of the stories coming out of Minneapolis in regards to Vikings fans. I'll say this and then I'll move on. Uh, the you know, Vikings fans, I'm hearing things on the news about a uh, bunch of them signing up for Uber so they can pick up Philly's fan, uh, Philly fans and drive them to the middle of nowhere or drive them somewhere other than the game and leave them stuck somewhere. And, uh, of course, um, seeing some tweets 
that some Eagles were having some problems getting reservations in restaurants. Really, I'm not sure why Vikings fans are upset at Philadelphia. I mean, at a score of 38-7, to I would just think that maybe you should be mad at the Vikings because they didn't seem to show up for work that Sunday. I'm just pointing that out. I think it's a logical argument to have. So, anyway, that being said, good luck to the Eagles who are getting a well-deserved rematch against the New England Patriots. And I feel good about it. Uh, And I think a lot of us fans feel really good this time uh, about this Super Bowl, about this team. There's just something very special, very magical going on. Uh, Chat room at Spreaker.com. My producer is in there. Hello, Mr. Tony Richards. Uh, So, today in history, I I, I wanted to, whether you're a history buff or not, sometimes it's important to remember things because, as George Bernard Shaw said, (laughs) the only thing we learn from history is that we learn nothing from history. But So, I wanted to point out that today in history, in 1986, the shuttle Challenger exploded during liftoff. And I was not alive when John F. Kennedy was assassinated. And that, for a lot of years, people would say, hey, where were you when Kennedy was assassinated? Hey, do you know where you were? And you would talk to your parents. Hey, what were you doing? Mom, what were you doing, Dad, when Kennedy was assassinated? And so the challenger, for some, may sort of be that next generational, hey, where were you? And then, of course, 9-11 is definitely a generation's, where were you, when? But, so the challenge, this is a this is interesting. I, I remember where I was. I was home. It was a school day. And a lot of people would say, well, you know, we were watching the news in school. We were, they turned the reports on, we were watching them and, and things like that. I was home and I'm trying to think in 86, I was home with an injury. I had cut my wrist, not intentionally. So shut up with the ideas going through your head. It was an accident. And I had to, for the first couple of days, I had to sit with my, my right hand palm up like on an armrest, so so that the, the stitches and, and the wound were, were facing up. I don't know why. At the time, that was the medical advice. So uh, there I was watching TV, and I have always been into astronomy and sort of a, a geeky, nerdy, nut that way. You know, Star Wars, Star Trek, you know. <laughs> we can get into that another time. So the opportunity to watch a shuttle lifting off. I can tell you, to, to, to this day, I <laughs> I will watch NASA TV whenever they're launching anything. <laughs> but, so I was watching this thing live. So, not, I, not only do I know where I was, I was watching this thing live. And that... It blew, it blew my mind. You know, if if you're listening, if you weren't even born yet, you're too young to remember. It might compare to you if you were watching, say, if you watched the second tower go down. Like many of us did. Many of us heard what was going on. Many of us got home if we were out on 9-11. And we saw the second tower get hit. And then saw both towers fall. That's really how the time thing worked out with that. But so you can compare watching that to something like that. Uh, So today in history, uh, it just mesmerizes. As I'm talking about it, it's going through my mind, uh, the pictures again. And of what happened it was absolutely shocking to a uh teenager to see that 
But, um, so, yes. Today in history. And I'll do these sometimes, because I'm a history nut. I'm a history nerd, too. And I think sometimes it's really interesting, you know, to think of those things. So, and some of us have seen both. Some of us have seen both. I was actually, I don't recall the date exactly. It, it, it was in the 80s. I was home, and I was actually sick. I, I was home from school watching the lunchtime news, the noontime news. And for those of you geographically placed in this area know this, uh, our Bud Dwyer is the, I believe he was the Pennsylvania treasurer? I should have looked this up. Why did I open my mouth without... Anyway, uh, if you're familiar with the name, he held a press conference live on the news uh, to commit suicide. So, and now imagine a child watching that. <laughs> so it's true. It's true when they say, you know, we saw Lee Harvey Oswald get shot on TV, and then we were afraid to change the channel or turn the TV off. You never, because you didn't know what you missed. And I had that feeling when 9 11 happened. Same thing. I mean, raise your hand. Who was watching the news like for days without changing the channel? You were afraid to turn off CNN back in the day. So, uh, these are the things that these are the things that we remember. Uh, and to my generation, these are the type of things that these are these are our JFK events. These are the things where we'll remember where we were when it happened. So, where were you when the Challenger exploded? Exploded, and I say that meaning if you know, I mean, if you're old enough to remember, I'm, I know I I have a very uh, a wide range of audience. But uh, when the Challenger, then the shuttle Challenger exploded, where were you at? You can get on Facebook and tell me. I'd I'd, I'd like to hear it. Uh, I, I I may post something just to kind of get the conversation started. But where where were you? What were you doing? Um, it w- it would be interesting to know. These are your moments. These are your moments. Um, uh, <laughs> Pro Bowl. Did anyone watch it? I didn't watch it. I know the AFC won 24-23. And I know they came back from a 17-point deficit. But I, <laughs> the Pro Bowl is like, it, what, it's, it's the NFL's all-star game. But it's held at the end of the season. Which is weird. Because, you know, if you're if you're on a Super Bowl team, you're not playing. You know, and I think for maybe for a lot of people, for a lot of fans, when the seat when the last game's played, the season's kind of over. I don't know, you know, if I mean it's kind of how I feel, and I'm a diehard fan. But when the season's over, don't you just kind of, eh, it's over. I mean, what's the point of watching the Pro Bowl? What a football game before you get to the Super Bowl. Now, as a fan, I do come back and watch the Super Bowl every year. So that doesn't matter. And PSA for those listening, next Sunday night I'll be Memorex. I won't be live. Because obviously I will be watching the Super Bowl. If it wasn't obvious before, now you know. There is a there's a scheduling reminder for you to write down in your calendar for next week. And if you're watching the Super Bowl too, fantastic. You can come back here afterwards or the next day and pick up the podcast. So, uh, and it seems, from what I'm seeing in the news, keeping abreast of the news, is that a lot of people are rooting for the Eagles. They're not necessarily all Eagles fans, but it would seem to me that there's an awful lot of people that do not like the New England Patriots. Hmm. Well. So. Are you having a Super Bowl party? Am I invited? I mean, what's everybody doing for the Super Bowl? We're just having a small party, a little family party. But isn't it crazy the things you go through? Whether your team is in the Super Bowl or your team is not in the Super Bowl. 
So it was, you know, it's just crazy that the, the, the methods you go through, the things you do, like you got to go out and go shopping and get all the stuff for the party <laughs> and things like that. People are making cakes. Like no one's going to eat the whole cake, but people are making cakes for Super Bowl parties. For me as a diabetic, I got to go. I'm going to have like three to four needles already stuck in my belly so I can just pop the plungers, you know, once a half, once every half hour to make sure that I don't go into a diabetic coma or something. You know, th- these are the, these, these are real world problems, right? <laughs> so uh, what you know, so what uh, another another thing to chime in with, let me know at Facebook at JM Talk. What are you doing for the Super Bowl? And who are you rooting for? So, um, so yeah, Super Bowl, obviously, next Sunday night. We won't be live. Covered that. Good. We got that. Pro Bowl, AFC one, whatever. Um, it's weird, right? Come back from a 17-point deficit? Strange. Where have I seen something like that before? Hmm. Just can't put my finger on it. I don't know, but uh, it it had a familiar look to it. It truly had a familiar look to it. So anyway, uh, <laughs> you're listening to me live on Spreaker.com. Look me up at the Joel Mahalik Show, and I appreciate you being here. When I come back from a quickie, we're going to call it a quickie, we are going to talk about this Tide Pod stuff. Uh, we we have to. And it's one of those things that we should not have to talk about. But guess what? We've got to talk about it. It's silly that we have to talk about it. But lo and behold, we have to talk about it. So we're going to talk about that. Later on, I do want to talk about school shootings. I mean, we are not out of January yet. And we're having our share. So I want to talk about that a little bit. And maybe an idea or two that I have on that. But first, we are going to uh, we're going to talk about the Tide Pod thing because really, people, we've we've reached a point where we have to talk about it and tell you not to put Tide in your mouth. I don't get it, but we'll get to it. We'll get to it as soon as I come back from this quick sixty seconds, and I. We'll see you on the other side. So I use my computer every day. Not even sure how I get along without it. But I wasn't prepared for a virus. A Trojan, they called it. One night I'm cruising along, and the next night I can't do anything. I was afraid it was going to cost me a fortune. Boy, was I surprised. They had me back up and running the same day I called them. I really like PC Tech Rescue. And you know what? My wallet likes them too. Are you troubled by computer problems? PC Tech Rescue should be your very next call. Whether the problem is viruses, hardware, software, or any other issue, they can diagnose your problem and have you back up and running fast. With more than 25 years of industry experience, you can be sure you are getting dependable and affordable service. Call today, 484-429-6061, or email us at pctechrescue at gmail.com.
So I went all that time without opening up my mic. <laughs> These are real world problems on live radio. Sorry about that, folks. All that. I said so much stuff, and I'm looking there going, why are they saying um in chat? So I am I, I am sorry about that. What I was saying was that you can find me at JM Talk at Facebook. And you can chat with me there. Send me a message and say that I was I didn't open up my microphone. And then I was saying that, uh, speaking of football, Vince McMahon wants to get back into the, X, uh, the uh, XFL with football. But until there's more substantial news about that, we will wait. And we'll talk about that maybe in a couple of weeks. So, But right now I want to get into the Tide Pod Challenge thing. And when we, uh, when I, when I think about this and all these uh, different challenges that teenagers and kids and now college kids, I mean, these are the people that are going to be in charge in 20 years. They had the gallon challenge. Remember they were drinking what gallons of milk. I made a challenge out of that. They had the cinnamon challenge. They had the bath salt challenge and teens even dared each other. To pour salt in their hands and hold ice until it burned. They would douse themselves with rubbing alcohol, set themselves on fire, throw boiling water at unsuspecting peers, and now they're eating Tide Pods. So the people, the kids, the children, the teens, the young adults, who in 20 to 30 years will be in charge in 20 and 30 years, will be in maybe high-level positions. If they make it, depending on what they put in their mouth next, we have to tell them not to put poison into their mouths. Seems pretty dumb to me that we have to do that. I mean, <laughs> we're talking about a pack of poison. And YouTube, with their strict guidelines, are going to step up their work on flagging videos that violate their policies. Videos of kids doing these things, uh, they're going to step it up and try to get and try to get a handle on getting these videos down. But apparently, videos coming out of the Middle East of dogs and homosexuals being thrown off of buildings and women being stoned to death and people being beheaded, I guess is okay for YouTube's policies, but thankfully, we they will be on top of it so we don't see people eating Tide Pods. Now, here's some interesting uh, uh, statistics about the U.S. poison control. In 2018, and we're, we're barely a month in, we're barely a month in, there have been 37 reported cases among teenagers of eating Tide Pods. Half of them intentional. So half of them intentional. Last year, the U.S. Poison Control Center received reports of more than 10,500 children younger than five who were exposed to these capsules. And also last year, nearly 220 teens reportedly exposed, and about 25% of those were intentional. 25% of those were intentional. That was last year. So when you look at that, 220 people over 12 months, <laughs> and we're at 37 already this year. And we're not even out of January. <sighs> so... Um, children who have been exposed to the capsules have been hospitalized. Uh, symptoms include vomiting, breathing difficulties, and loss of consciousness. Yeah, that sounds fun. Hey, I have a challenge for you. Why don't you throw some of your dirty clothes in the washer with a Tide Pod and do some laundry? How about that? Uh, okay, so now there has been, just this weekend... A post going, a post that went out that was a supposedly a uh, forward of a tweet from Tide saying that they were pulling the Tide Pods down in February 
and we're not going to sell them anymore. So uh, two things to point out. Number one, that's fake. Tide posted no such thing. Uh, so you, if you use the Tide Pods, don't panic. Do not panic. They're, they're, they're not getting rid of them. Second thing is, stop getting your news from Facebook. Okay, don't be a moron. So, everybody wants to hit that recommend button, right? Oh no, they're taking it away. <laughs> Do some research, man. Go to Tide's Twitter page and check. They've had like three posts on Twitter in like the last five months. <laughs> they're not very busy. That's not to say that they're not concerned about it, because they are. In fact, they had uh, they are recruiting uh, Rob Gronkowski <laughs> from the New England Patriots uh, to speak on behalf of how Tide Pods should not be eaten, eaten and that they're bad for you. But... Have you seen this? Apparently there's a bakery now, and I forget where. I did not... I had I, I had the story. There's a bakery that made... A, that, that has made a donut. <laughs> that, that has the design on top, like a Tide Pod. So... And that might be in, no pun intended, a little bit of bad taste. <laughs> given the circumstances. Uh, because some people, obviously, because the everything we do, everything we say, will offend somebody. So the donut will probably offend people and say, well, you're promoting, you're promoting that. But here's a guy who's baking a donut and just trying to turn a profit (laughs) using current events. (laughs) Be that as it may. Uh, I I just don't, I I just don't get it. I don't understand it. Uh, But Tide, Tide is working on uh, more PSAs, more consumer information, getting it out there, trying to stop people from doing it. But, you know, this goes to, if you think about it, it's like telling a child they can't do something. They're going to do it. And that's what this is. And we should not have to have this conversation. And, I, you know, I said this before. I find myself, I'm going to say this a lot. We're going to have a lot of conversations like this. We're going to have a lot of conversations like this where we're going to say, we've got to tell, you know, the younger generation not to. We have to tell them, don't text and drive. We have to tell them, don't eat Tide laundry soup. You know, why would we have to tell them this is beyond me. Something is going wrong. Something is going wrong either with parenting or, or I, I, I don't know. I mean, there's just something tells me that this starts at home, or should start at home. The behavioral and the psychology behind this, and the, the teaching, the life teaching, has to start at home. I posted a video on the Facebook page at JM Talk about kids not being able to open up a can of food with a manual can opener. And I found out since putting that up that I was my assumption was correct. There are a lot of schools that have stopped teaching home economics. Raise your hand. How many of you remember home ec? How many of you took it? They taught you how to cook. They taught you how to do things around the house. Home economics. And that was back when you, that's back when we did chores. Remember chores? Remember when we did chores? We had to do chores before we went outside. You come home from school, homework, chores, and then you can go outside if there's any time left. That was your home economics. And then if you didn't do your chores, you had a good chance of getting your ass beat. But that was home economics back in the day. And then, of course, as you grew up a little bit, you got into high school, then they had home economics, and then you learned how to cook and do some other things around the kitchen and around the home. Sewing and cooking and cleaning and stuff like that. So, when I when I tell you that my perception of it is, is that it starts at home. I'm not trying to be rude, and I'm not trying to offend anybody. And if you feel offended, 
then maybe you need to do some home equity with your kids. You shouldn't be offended. Think about it. That's how we were brought up. We were brought up. We had to do chores. We learned things by doing chores. We went on and, and schools had classes to help further that kind of learning so you, so you wouldn't go out in the world and be a wombat. And so I think the core of it goes back to the to the home and parenting and, and things like that. These are inherent things that should be taught at that level. Now, I'm not saying that's the reason that teens are eating Tide Pods. Because I'm sure it's not. I'm sure they're not chawing down on one going, well, no one told me not to eat it. A lot of that is probably peer pressure. I mean, how do they come up with this stuff? That's just a question I don't mind. I, I'd love to get an answer to or an opinion about. Where do they come up with these ideas? Where do where do these kids get together and go, and, and come up with these challenges? Some of them are stupid. Some of them are violent. And like the Tide Pod Challenge, they're deadly. What's next? Are they going to start snorting cleanser? This stuff is poison. Think about it. It is made to aggravate dirt, oil, and blood out of your clothing. Of course, I'll put mustard on a hot dog. Have you ever seen you ever seen what yellow mustard does to a hot griddle? <laughs> but that's a different story. Somebody said that's a food and it's okay for me to ingest. Try that one time. True story. Spilled mustard on a hot grill face years ago, decades ago when I worked for McDonald's. And I, oh, ah, grabbed a, grabbed a, a towel because, you know, you always had cleaning towels around. Grabbed a towel. One swoop, just wiped it off. The part of the grill face that had the mustard on it for about 10 seconds or less looked like the grill face of a grill just coming off the truck from the showroom and being opened up for the first time. And it was then, and I remember all these years later, I said to myself, what does that do to your stomach? But, you know, this is like, this is one of those things I talked about before that we end up having to change Society, we end up having to go through emotions and spending money to change things in society. We now have to have special campaigns. Okay? We have special campaigns now that Tide has to put money out to try to circumvent this problem and try to help educate teens and young adults not to eat laundry soap. Excuse me. My coffee's getting cold. But, so we we will have to make these changes. Now we have to, the ad council will probably come up with something and get involved. You know, because we have all these things going on. And I don't, I, I don't have stats. Uh, I, I didn't even think about it. But if you take this and all these other dumb challenges, how many people have gotten seriously hurt or died from this stuff? And the thing is, look at some of the adults. I mean, there is a very popular, and I'm not going to name him, there's a very popular Facebooker out there, and other people too, but I'm talking about somebody who gets a lot of viewers and posts silly videos. Listen, I watch him. I think he's funny, hilarious, but... He does a lot of challenges, too. Now, one could argue that, hey, he's an adult. He can do what he likes, right? And some could argue that he's not helping the situation. Now, of course, he hasn't eaten Tide Pods. He's eaten dog food. 
and those really hot uh, tortilla chips. He comes with like two in a pack. Uh, he's done the gallon milk challenge and things. So there's two schools of thought, but I mention that because, okay, we know there's adults out there that are doing that. So when I say, where do they get these crazy ideas? I'm sort of giving myself one possible answer. I mean, we don't know if someone's watching somebody eating the, the doing the hot chip challenge. And then some teenager out there one time saw that and said, hold my beer. Of course, first of all, why is he holding the beer? But anyway, and wants to one up that challenge. And maybe that's how these things get started. Because I can't think of a single solitary parent, good, bad, or indifferent out there, that introduced eating Tide Pods to their to their children or child who then ran out there and made something viral about eating soap packs. Pretty soon they'll start putting uh, mouse packs, bait packs in their mouth. I don't I, I don't know. But when you're eating laundry soap, you have to wonder what's next. And it's a little scary to think what's next. To think what what they might be thinking of next. It's scary. It's silly and it's stupid. And if you're listening to the show and you're young enough or old enough, whatever, thinking about doing it, thought it was a good idea, listen to me now. It's stupid. It can hurt you. It's deadly. Do not do it. And we shouldn't have to tell you that. And if you're in college, because there's college-age kids doing it, damn, we shouldn't have to tell you. Scary business, folks. Scary business. So the takeaways. Don't eat Tide soap. Don't eat soap packs. Don't eat soap. You know, when we were kids, I'm talking about the genera- my generation and older, it was a punishment to eat soap. You got your, quote unquote, mouth cleaned out when you were bad or said something bad with soap. So think about that, if that helps at all. That's what we went through. And now today, you're videotaping yourself chawing down on laundry soap for fun doesn't make any sense none whatsoever so please don't do it unless it's the donut from that bakery go ahead and eat that I don't know okay uh, <laughs> Facebook JM talk is where I'm at on Facebook when I come back from this real quick 60 second thing and I promise I will open the microphone back up when I come back we're going to talk about school shootings, and if I have a little time when I get out of here, I'll talk to you a little bit about television, uh, entertainment, not like, you know, what kind of TV do you have? I don't want to get that personal, but, so that's all coming up when I come back right after this. This message is for all of you sitting in the passenger seat, and apologies if it gets a little uncomfortable, but how does it feel to be at the mercy of someone who thinks a random text is more important than your life? Someone who takes their eyes off the road while speeding along in a three-ton hunk of steel. Freaky, right? Well, why not just ask them to stop? Or better yet, volunteer to text for them. It might be a little awkward, but believe me, you'll live. Learn more at StopTextStopRex.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. Broadcasting from a crummy little studio in Baltimore, Maryland. This is Reality One Radio. You see why we need your donations? And I'm back. And look at that. I opened up the microphone. See, I can do this. <laughs> Welcome back to the Joel Mahalik Show. It's so glad to have you here. Spreaker.com. Find me over there at the Joel Mahalik Show. You can chat with me. Or you can chat with uh, my producer, Mr. Tony Richards. He is in there. Uh, 
I want to talk about these school shootings. You know, at some point, multiple times during the year, we end up talking about these uh, mass, well, they're not all mass shootings. Uh, usually the ones we hear about are the more severe ones. And what I mean by that is, you know, last week we had, uh, let's see here, we had a shooting in Kentucky um, and we had a cafeteria shooting in Texas. And what I mean by what I said was, these are two that we that we heard on the news, big news. The Kentucky shooting was the 11th school shooting this year. But if you go and look at the different shootings in, in the list of 11, uh, I, almost half of them are like somebody drove by and fired shots at, at a school building, or you know, and, and no injuries, no injuries. But they, they list them as a school shooting. So when they talk statistics, they say, hey, Kentucky's school shooting was the 11th school shooting this year. So when I look at that number, whether it was a, hey, somebody fired shots at the school building, nobody was hurt, and things like that. But I still say to myself, okay, you're running a stat, 11th this year, and we're like 28 days into the year. 28 days. We've had 11 school shootings, quote-unquote, and 37 people ingesting laundry soap. 28 days into the year. This is going to be a big news year. But anyway. So. Oh, and I mean, one of the 11 was somebody was caught with a unloaded 9mm in their school bag. So. You know, but statistics are statistics, and the news thrives on what, you know, everything and anything that they can turn into news. So I'm not taking it away from them. Okay, it's a school incident. Let's call it an incident. Let's not say that the Kentucky school shooting was the 11th shooting this year, the 11th school shooting this year. But something has to be done about it. And, and I'm even talking about the incident where somebody was, you know, caught with an empty 9mm. In their school bag. So we say to ourselves, what, pray tell, are we going to do about this? What can we do about this? We have to do something about it. Now, uh, this is going to be one of those things we're going to teeter a little bit on politics. We're not going to get into politics, but I have to teeter on it a little bit. So no crying about political positions here. But it's a known fact that when this stuff happens... Immediately, Democratic senators and Congress people are screaming for tougher gun laws. So that's it. That's uh, that's all I'm going to say politically about senators and Congress people. But politics doesn't always mean the law. There's all kinds of laws. Um, I mean, you know, we have tough gun laws, and you know. What I'd like to do is have a discussion with one of these people and say, well, what do you think a a sensible gun law would be? Other than taking away everyone's guns, because we see how that worked out in Australia. But, so we have to come up with, I say, we have to come up with an idea. And this goes into what I've been saying. This has been a theme. It's been a theme. I'm saying it again. We have to, we have to now create ways to change society. I'm saying it again, twice this week, once last week. This is going to be a theme. We've got to go out of our way and change things. Why do we have to do that? Do you know there was a time not so long ago in this country where you could leave your front door unlocked and open at night if you wanted to? Even in the rat hole that I grew up in. In my younger years. We'd have the door open late in the night, especially in the summer when it was hot. We didn't have air conditioning. Now we have to change rules or come up with plans because kids are bringing guns to school. And shooting people. So we say, what are are we going to do about this? 
the answer to me is not tougher gun laws. I mean, my goodness. Look at the tough gun laws in the city of Chicago. And then come back to me and let's have a beer and talk about it. But I think what we should do, this is just one thought, and I, I'd like to solve all the world's problems, but I think the idea is schools, every school, from kindergarten to the universities, because this happens in elementary, middle school, junior high, high school, college. I think all the schools should hire ex-military, retired military. People who did four years or eight years and got a perfect job. Put these well-trained people into security positions at these schools. I'm not talking like rent-a-cop, you know, 80-year-old sleeping on a chair by the door. I'm talking... Extremely well-run security programs in the schools with highly trained people, not only in security and and, and the ability to uh, detain and use weapons and handle firearms, but people who are trained in dealing with crisis situations? Somebody who was, you know, had been overseas? That kind of training? I think that should be something that every school does. I think that's well worth the investment. And whatever you're paying for security, it's not working. If your school is paying for any kind of security plan, security officers, security budget, and there's a shooting at your school, Texas, Kentucky, guess what? Your plan failed. It does not work. You need a new plan. How are they getting these weapons into the school? You need a new plan. This is a really good plan. I've talked about this plan before. Imagine a response if something gets through. I mean, seriously, the answer is not for, you know, an elected official to come out and start screaming about, we got a problem with guns. These schools have a problem with security. That's what you have to fix. You want to address this problem, then you have to address the causes. Somehow, these kids got on the school property with guns and ammo. And you look at all the other mass shootings going on out there. There's... There's always other core problems. Well, that person uh, should have never had that gun. How'd that person get that gun? Making up a law saying, you're not allowed to have a gun. Doesn't stop them from getting the gun. <laughs> you got to look at the core problems. And if a school has a shooting... Something is wrong with the security. And I just think having ex-military, retired military personnel as your security detail with a new security plan, that's what you have to look at. And these people, these kids, these children won't get hurt or killed or maimed. And Jesus, what happened that kids, this is how they're, this is how they're solving their, their gripes? Where'd they get that idea? I don't know, gamers on the internet who are swatting each other because they lost a match? Society. What's going on in society? Something's going on out there. I don't know what it is. It's driving me crazy. 
But my suggestion suggestion is, okay, whether you take my suggestion about the ex, ex-military, retired military or not, these schools need to review their security policy. Seriously. That's how you stop this. You know, if a restaurant keeps having people getting sick from the every time they eat there, the problem is you don't like close down restaurants necessarily. I mean, well, unless you really have to, but maybe that was a bad example. My point was, though, you would look at the core, the core problem. Why do people keep getting sick here? We have to look at our, our food policy. Do we have dirty employees? I don't know. But you look at, hey, what's causing this? You don't go, you know, people getting sick there, close it down, burn it down. Let's do something extreme. So these schools, I think, need to review their security policies and maybe look at who does their security. You know. You know, when I I used to run uh, movie theaters, you know, and one of the movie theaters I had, a huge movie theater, we had a lot of problems. We had a lot of problems with, uh, you know, teens and young adults, especially on weekends, you know. And uh, we changed our security policy. And guess what? We stopped having problems. And sometimes you just got to look at the core situation. You know, my thought process is you're not going to stop kids from taking daddy's guns or whatever. However, you know, in certain, some cities are just being given to them in the back alleys for fun. But what I'm saying is, you're not going to stop that from happening. That's always going to happen no matter what you do. But you got to look at how they got onto the property. If they don't get on the property, you don't have this. And you don't have this. You don't have these situations. I'm holding these papers up like I'm on camera. I'm sorry. You don't have these shootings. If you can figure out how to keep them off the property. Think of the lives that might have been saved. It's just a thought. I don't know. So, okay, enough on that. Um, I don't know. You know, switching gears here before I get out of here. One last quick thing I wanted to cover. I don't know how much TV you watch. I don't get to watch a whole lot of TV. I keep myself pretty extremely busy. But, uh, you know, I... If you have stars or any or any channel owned by stars, then you probably see the ad for Counterpart about I want to say sixty, maybe sixty-three thousand times a day. Really pushing this show, and uh, pushed it so much that I thought I I got to check this out. Now I did watch the first episode, which premiered last week, and uh, it's I I like it. I like the premise. They're not, they didn't do a very good job of it, kind of explaining the premise very well or kind of getting you into the into the program in the first episode, which is weird because when you really plug a show like that, don't you feel like a lot of pomp and circumstance should be in that first episode, you know, what I call the hook? Uh, so I'm like the fish and I'm still swimming around looking at what's dangling off your hook. You know, I, I just feel like I'm going to give them maybe another two episodes and it, it's got to pick up and, and, and really do something. Uh, you know, with the amount of money, I guess, I don't know what it costs to advertise on your own network, but with the amount of money and time that they're putting into pushing this, ramming it down your throat, basically, you you, you expect, you know, some greatness. And you know, it, it, listen, it's just like my show. My show's out here in a sea of like 10 million other podcasts. You know, you're talking about a show that's, you know, it's just out there among thousands of other shows. And every day, someone else is putting out original content. You know, it's not just the movie networks anymore that got into serialized shows. You know, Netflix, Hulu, uh, Netflix, Hulu, Amazon Prime, you know, got a few series out now. Uh, you know, they're all coming out with original series. So every day, it, it, it's something... Look at all the web series. I mean, all you got to do is go to YouTube and someone's making a web series. So it, all this content out there, 
you know, what's the hook? You can't watch it all. You can't. At any given time in a week, I'll hear from coworkers and whatnot about 25, 30 different shows that everyone's watching on all these various different networks. You cannot watch them all. How do you pick? How do you choose? I don't know. Got to be a way. And I'm going to give Counterpart two more episodes. So if you're listening, stars, you get two more shots at me. And then I'm out of here. You know? I got to divvy my time, my valuable time, in a particular way. So. But it is intriguing, the plot. I just want them to open it up and ram it down my throat a little more. You know, that alternate universe type of thing is really, it's really cool. So, I don't know. And if you watch it, what did you think of the first episode? Come on over and give me your thoughts over at Facebook.com. I want to hear your thoughts. I want to know what you thought about it. You know? I, I I don't want to get into asking asking you what you do watch because I like I said I hear that all day every day at work and out and about I know what everyone's watching I'd love to be able to do that. I had an eleven day vacation over the holiday did I watch any series at all No I've only seen the first two episodes of Star Trek Discovery I'm still I got to get caught up on that So I'm saying man time There's no spoilers Don't be uh, messaging me with spoilers about Star Trek Discovery. I'll get around to it. So. But anyway, just a little peek into the entertainment world. If you're, if, if, if you're watching that, what do you think of it? Counterpart. You know, I did talk to another person who watched it and they kind of feel the same way I do. They said they'll give them three episodes. I'm only going to give them two more. Because I really think that after the first one, I should have had some pretty decent interest. And I did, generally speaking. But I think they have to open up the whole two worlds thing. So, anyway. Alright, boys and girls and children of all ages. Remember, next week is the Super Bowl. And since the Eagles are in well, whether the Eagles are in it or not, I wouldn't be here. So, uh, next week will be a taped episode. Okay, so there's your forewarning. It will air at the regular time for all those people who aren't watching the Super Bowl. And you can catch it as a podcast here on Spreaker.com afterwards or the next day. Hey, whatever. It will be available immediately. And I think you could put it on CDs and distribute it for Christmas gifts next year. So, um, but anyway, just a quick reminder. The website, QIBRadioNetwork.com and Spreaker.com, which... We've been telling you about Facebook.com. Find me at JM Talk, and you can post pictures, and you can post messages, and you can talk about the shows that you're listening to. I'd love to hear from you. And that is how you get a hold of us. Now, uh, I want to wish the Philadelphia Eagles much luck. Uh, Like I said, feeling really good about them. So I will be talking to you next week in Memorex land. And then live again the week after that. So until then, folks, listen, have a great week. And remember, behind every silver lining, there's a dark cloud. Good night, everybody. (laughs) 